Main Street to Wall Street, global business celebrity and former Fortune 100 C-suite executive Jeffrey Hazlett takes you inside the good, the bad, and the ugly of businesses today. Saddle up. It's time for All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. If a brand is truly a promise delivered, today's consumers expect more than quality product at a competitive price. They want to know about the brand's commitment to social causes and environmental sustainability. Today's guest says this conscious consumerism isn't just a trend. Companies need to get on board with it or risk going extinct. Richard Steele is the CEO of Parsec Ventures, a firm that invests in high-growth subscription-based companies. His book is titled Elevated Economics, How Conscious Consumers Will Fuel the Future of Business. Richard, welcome to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Jeffrey, great to be with you. Thanks for having me. It is good to have you. So your book talks about what you call, now I've heard of ESP, all right, ESP (laughs) from way, way back in the 70s, okay? But you call ESG. Can you explain to our listeners what that means? Sure thing. So um, ESG, uh, G as in George, ESG, um, is it's a growing category of investment choices that blend environmental, social, and governance factors into those choices. So that's the E, the S, and the G is environmental, social, and governance. So when we think about those things, we're thinking about for environmental, obviously, right? Air emissions and air quality, if you're a business leader, thinking about those things, your energy use and conservation, the transition to, to net zero energy sources, things like that, waste management, stuff like that as well. And then on the social side, what are your labor standards, um, production quality and safety issues, your local community impact, things like that. Um, And then on the governance side, how your business behaves, right? Your business practices, ethical business practices, uh, voting rights, board independence, board diversity, um, accounting and transparency, things like that. So that's the overview of ESG. It's You might hear that term used interchangeably with socially responsible investing or sustainable mm. investing. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You know, a lot of times years ago, you would have called all these folks tree huggers, but they're not necessarily tree huggers. Although, you know, hugging a tree is not such a bad thing. I got. A, I have a slide in my presentation deck of a of a woman hugging a tree. When we talk about you know folks having that mindset that there that this is a sort of a tree hugger type of a thing, and that there's some sort of trade off between financial returns and doing well by doing good. And it turns out there's lots and lots and lots of studies that show that the financial returns um, can actually be better, um, and that there's actually no trade off whatsoever um, when you're investing sustainably. In fact, uh, Morgan Stanley did a, 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 re, a research a poll of about 11,000 mutual funds, and they found that, uh, that there's no financial trade-off in the returns for sustainable funds compared to traditional funds. Barron's did a similar study, Morningstar as well. So the, the research is out there. And they're doing the right things. You know, we, we have a group inside the C-suite network called the Hero Club, and it's all about businesses who put, you know, people above profits, but what they also do is put their community above everything. And in doing so, they do the right thing, sustainable leadership, sustainable practices, which we find that those companies that practice hero leadership actually gross more money, uh, net more money, have employees who are more engaged and customers are a little bit happier. So I think that's a pretty good thing. What companies do you think are doing a good job of making ESG type decisions? Yeah, well, so I'll back up just for a sec because I think it's important what you mentioned there. The 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 companies that practice sustainability 
They can attract better talent. They're much more likely to be purpose-driven companies. And as we all know, if you're a purpose-driven company, you can attract better talent. Um, you can reduce churn and turnover, well, which in turn reduce costs. A lot of the, a lot of the uh, net zero carbon emission uh, technologies in that transition actually help save on cost as well. Um, mm -hmm. So, so there, there are quite a lot of benefits, like you mentioned. Um, some companies they're they're doing it well. There's all sorts of you know lists that are out and things like that. But um, you know, Sony is is at the top of the list uh, uh, from the Wall Street Journal. Um, you'll see companies like uh, uh, Merck and a few others. There's one in particular that I always like to highlight. There's a, a company called Method Products. They make you know hand soap and cleaning detergents yeah. and things like that out, out of Chicago. Uh, a friend of mine, Drew Frazier, is a CEO, and he's one of those guys who really walks the walk. Um, they had an opportunity to either you know build a new plant outside of Chicago where the land was cheap and you know, it was uh, it was a advantageous location. They decided to actually revitalize a neighborhood on the south side of Chicago, build their plant uh, there, hire local folks, some people who had never had bank accounts before. So on the first day, they helped them set up bank accounts and really, you know, became a partner in the community um, yep. and uh, have, have done tremendously, tremendously well. They're sort of giving a, a mission and a purpose uh, and some style, quite frankly, to a category that hasn't had it in the past, right? Cleaning products, right? Pretty bland and boring category, but they're doing amazing things. Well, but he's done a good job. But I've been on stage with him before. And of course, you know, they came right out. I, I think this was about eight, nine years ago. I think is when I first started seeing that company coming about. And, and of course their packaging is different. Their packaging is not very fancy. It's very clear. It's very, you know, which really attends to the brand. I said, a brand is a promise deliver. These folks are delivering on their promise. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, they do a great job. He actually, he gave me a great quote for the book um, and uh, uh, was, was, was very generous with uh, an interview as well. We went really in depth um, with him about their practices and, you know, how through those those sustainable practices he's able to benefit. He's able to benefit in so many ways, and he gets a you know huge brand loyalty. I mean, the 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 affinity for their brand is like none other in the in the space. So he's done a really really good job walking the walk. Well, they make a good hand soap. I use it. They do. There's one right back here in my kitchen, right there. So I can tell you that too. It's, it's a product you can get here in New York. So let's. There are other companies that come to mind. What about Whole Foods? Is that would they be in that category? Yeah, for sure. So the CEO of Whole Foods basically is credited with starting the uh, 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 conscious capitalism movement. Um, and, uh, you know, they've been sort of walking the walk uh, for a long time as well. I know they get criticized historically before Amazon bought them for their prices being too high and making themselves unaccessible um, uh, to folks that don't have the means. You know, the joke is they used to call it whole paycheck instead of whole foods because you, you sure can spend a lot of money there. Um, but that's different now, right, that Amazon uh, has bought them. But yeah, they'd be, they'd be another one uh, in the space. And again, um, a lot of credit goes to their, uh, to their CEO for walking the walk, um, you know, for geez, decades now. Hey, let's take a quick break and we'll come right back after this message. C-Suite Radio. Hey, we are back and we're live casting right here on LinkedIn and Facebook as we bring you all business with Jeffrey Hazlett from C-Suite Radio. Of course, C-Suite Radio, the world's largest business podcast network. Well over right now, 300 shows on our network and growing. And I'm hoping to take that to at least 700 this year. We'll see where it goes. But, you know, really growing fast and, and uh, doing well, all thanks to great listeners like those that are tuning in right now. So we thank you. 
Hey, today with me, I've got Richard Steele. He's the CEO of Parsec Ventures, a firm that invests in high growth subscription-based companies. And it's all about talking about conscious consumers and how it'll fuel the future of business going forward. You can't just ignore this anymore. It's more than just a trend, it's really here. So business has always operated on its own interest and consumers buy with their interest in mind. So how do you put those two things together and have an intersect? That's a, an interesting topic that I d- explored a lot in, in my book, Elevated Economics. Let me take you back and give you a little bit of an anecdote. So I was rafting uh, last summer in the Colorado River, a place where the Colorado River and the Roaring Fork River meet. And, and, and the, the term for where two rivers meet is called a confluence, but it's only called a confluence if the rivers are of similar size, otherwise one is a tributary. And similarly, we've seen over the last year, these a confluence of events, events of similar importance that have happened all at the same time. Awareness around climate change, racial injustice, diversity and inclusion issues, regulation changing, new accounting standards, uh, which we can talk about, um, investing in consumption habits of the next generation, you know, changing quite a bit. And of course, all this with with everybody having easy access to, to information. And as I was writing the book, one day, the cover of the New York Times said, you know, shareholder value is no longer everything. So say top CEOs. And I thought, wow, you know, I've been writing about this for a while now, but, you know, here I am in the, in the middle of writing my book. I think I'm onto something if this is, you know, a headline in the New York Times. And you got to think, you know, well, what about Milton Friedman and his theory of shareholder primacy and that, that you know, that really the only purpose of business is to return value to shareholders? Well, it turns out the folks behind this real big change uh, was the Business Roundtable. And these are CEOs, you know, I was thinking like, you know, who are these like left-wing nut job CEOs are saying, you know, profit's not everything. And it turns out, you know, it's Jeff Bezos, it's Mary Barra, it's Larry Fink, it's Julie Sweet of Accenture, Brian Moynihan. These are some big companies. For those that don't know some of those names, we're talking about GM and some major, major, major companies here. Absolutely. You've got, you know, Tim Cook of Apple and Robert Smith from, from Vista Equity Partners. And, you know, there are 133 more CEOs that signed on to that statement. Um, Doug McMillan, who's the CEO of Walmart, he's also actually the chairman of the, of the board over at the Business Roundtable. Um, Jamie Dimon, John, you know, the CEOs of Johnson & Johnson, Beth Ford from Land Lakes. Anyway, the list goes on and on and on. So these are all the people that are saying, hey, you know, profit's not everything. Okay, let's dig into that, right? So if profit's not everything, you know, what is the new purpose of, of, of a corporation according to them? And, and they break it down five ways. Delivering value to customers is first. Investing in their employees is second. Dealing fairly and ethically with their suppliers is third. Supporting the communities in which we work, which you and I just talked about with Drew as an example, that's number four. And last, lastly, generating long-term value for shareholders, not short-term value, long-term value for shareholders. So the very last bullet on the bullet points of priority is generating value for shareholders. So when we talk about this paradigm shift, starts with consumers, and they've expanded their definition of what is in their own self-interest, their communities, the environment. Those other considerations are now in a consumer's uh, definition of what's in their self-interest. They will buy and invest accordingly and have been buying and investing accordingly. And then you've got corporations now saying, hey, we believe that these five things are important, not just generating profit, but all the other things I just mentioned. Long answer to a short question, Jeffrey, but I hope that, I hope that helped explain it a little bit. Well, it's a good one. So you say that conscious consumerism is more than a trend in these companies 
that don't adapt are certainly going to die. Why are you saying that? Well, uh, for a lot of reasons. First of all, if you know, I mean, you're a big fan of saying adapt, change, or die. Right. Um, and I, I'm right with you on that, Jeffrey. I, I completely, completely believe that hook, line, and sinker. And so the stuff that's in the book, Elevated Economics, it's not an opinion piece. It's not what I believe. It's based on the numbers and trends and trend lines and trajectories and following the money and following regulation. If you aren't going to change as a business leader or somebody who aspires to have a leadership position in business, if you're not going to help your business change, you're going to die, just like you say all the time. And if you don't do it, Government's going to do it for you. So just give me, I'll give you two quick examples. San Francisco recently became the latest city to ban natural gas in all new construction. So that's number one, right? No more natural gas. You've got Governor Newsom in California as well, saying that there'll be no more internal combustion engine cars sold by 2035. So within 15 years, no more internal combustion engine cars uh, will be sold in California. No more new cars, that is. So that's just, those are just two examples. I give you a litany, a litany more. Um, two examples of how you can get regulated out of the space if you don't change, or you can be a leader in the space. So I was talking to a group of about 250 uh, construction industry CEOs uh, a couple of days ago. And they are, of course, familiar with you know, the, 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 the um, lead certification, so it's leadership in energy and environmental design. So that's the lead certification. We have all seen it when we walk into a building, they have that, that lead certification right. stamp on their, on their door. Um, and those guys are also familiar and women were also familiar with the World Green Building Council, but they weren't as familiar with the SDGs. So when I say the SDGs, that's the Sustainable Development Goals. So it's funny because here in the US, we think about things, I think a little bit more, a little bit less globally, perhaps, if, if I if I can if I can make that assertion, and the rest of the world thinks uh, I think more in terms of global standards, um, and so the SDGs, the Sustainable Development Goals, are a set of seventeen color coded and numbered goals that the UN um, uh, had put out a few years ago. And a lot of companies now, as they're thinking about change and making this change to a net zero uh, a greenhouse gas emission economy or, or, or changing their business practices to talk about ESG and the things that we've talked about before, they're using these SDGs as a way to map to their goals. So I know that's a lot, kind of a mouthful as well, but it, it'd be worth it for your audience not only to look up the, the three-letter acronym of ESG, but also SDG as well. Well, let me ask you, every business has had to make a pretty big pivot this last year. Not not all of them, but a good number of them. What trends are you seeing right now that might help us prepare for the next crisis? Well, um, I mentioned a, a quite a few at the top. We talked about, you know, racial injustice and we, we talked about um, climate change and, and, and regulation. We've already chatted about a little bit as well. Um, I think you know the change is real when the accountants get involved. <laughs> so there are, uh, you know, the big four accounting firms have just got together saying, hey, we're going to get um, uh, standards on ESG measurement um, and, and how companies disclose their environmental impact. If you think about it now, uh, companies basically report financial metrics, but that's shifting to, to, to have companies report ESG metrics as well. Pre-2013, only 20% of companies disclosed ESG uh, 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 metrics. And then uh, now it's up to 85%. So from 20, 20% to, to 85%. What size companies though, Richard? Because These are public, you know, public, public companies. These are publicly traded companies. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So this is this is that's of the S and P five hundred. It was twenty percent in twenty thirteen and before, and then now it's eighty five percent. So I mean, just look at that trend line, right? That's that's pretty much up and to the right uh, uh, as it gets. I would say something else to keep an eye on is the what they call the great wealth migration. So if you're familiar with this, uh, a great study done by Cerulean Associates, which shows uh, sixty eight trillion dollars. That's trillion with a T. $68 trillion is going to be transferred between baby boomers and the next generation over the next 20 years. And if you look at how those next consumers and investors, by the way, how they spend and invest their money, these are the ones that are willing to pay more for sustainable products. These are the ones that check the labels on packaging to make sure there's an environmental message, a good social message. These are the ones who prefer to work for a sustainable company. Um, you, you know, these are the ones who care about the environment, you know, 80, 83% of which say that it's extremely important to them that a company is, is taking steps uh, um, uh, to mitigate climate change. We can talk a lot about millennials and sort of where they are and where they're going, but, you know, $68 trillion worth of wealth is going to be transferred to the next generation. Uh, 80% of those folks are going to look for a new financial advisor who will help them invest that new wealth with their values, not the values of previous generations. Yeah, which is a major, major change. The biggest shift in wealth transfer, transfer of wealth in the history of the world going on yes, right sir. now. Hey, and speaking of transfer and wealth, I need some. I need some. And I'm going to take a quick break and take it and listen to this ad from one of our good, good sponsors. We'll be right back. C-Suite Radio. And we are back as we're live casting right here on Facebook and LinkedIn. This is Jeffrey Hazlett with All Business from Jeffrey uh, with All Business with C-Suite Radio. And of course, Jeffrey Hazlett, I'm the host. And this week uh, on this show, I've got Richard Steele as the CEO of Parsec Ventures, a firm that invests high growth subscription based companies. His book is titled Elevated Economics, How Conscious Consumers Will Fuel the Future of Business. And of course, uh, we believe in that friend, have been a big backer of that for a long, long time. Your book is The Elevated Economy. I just mentioned an economy that you say is fueled by a desire to improve rather than produce. Why did you write it and how far are we away from this elevated economy? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, great question. Um, uh, I was on stage with John Goldstein from Goldman Sachs um, uh, last week. And, you know, his firm, uh, Goldman, has put $750 billion into, um, you know, sustainable um, uh, businesses. And that's their, that's their pledge over, over the next few years. And, you know, when you get to why I wrote this book, you know, about two, two and a half years ago, I started seeing these changes, um, seeing this shift. I spent a lot of time talking with business leaders um, and folks in government uh, about how business and society are, are changing and what leadership will look like in the future. And, you know, these events, they're happening now, they're accelerating, you know, follow the money. You know, if any of your, your listeners or viewers just type in the, the, the phrase ESG, you know, into their favorite search engine and uh, hit, hit, you know, hit news. I mean, you, you'll just see an avalanche of information. So, you know, my peer network is, is, is generally um, other CEOs and business leaders. And we think it, you know, we're always trying to see around the next corner. Just, you know, it's like you are with your guests and things like that. Um, and I really wrote this book for, for them, people that are in a leadership position now or aspire to be in a leadership position uh, in the near future and want to lead their companies through this transition. So this is, you know, it's been, the book's been described as a, as a, as a roadmap. Um, uh, you know, it's not a crystal ball, that's for sure. But it just, you know, delves into 
thinking about some of these ideas, how they're going to affect businesses, what the transition looks like. Um, and so I really wrote it with those folks in mind. I hope that, hope that answers your question. Uh, absolutely. If, if, if you had a company right now, let's just say that somebody's out there and they're not a publicly traded company, but they're, you know, they're just a, a good old company doing a good job, a good co. And if, if that company was looking to ad, ad, adapt to an elevated economy, what internal questions should management be asking yourself? What should those leaders be going, hey, I need to answer these two or three questions? Yeah, sure. So uh, the acronyms are helpful, right? Uh, e, S, and G are helpful because you can sort of go through a, a little bit of a, of a list. And I, I think that you, you want to ask yourself at least three questions, one around E, one around S, one around G. Where does my company stand on environmental issues? How can I be a leader? Um, how does my firm work to protect and conserve the natural environment? And also with all these kind of, how do I storytell around that? What, what am I saying to my employees? What am I saying to attract talent? What am I saying to our clients, right? How are we, how are we sharing this message in a genuine way? There, there's a thing called greenwashing or impact washing where people talk a good game, but they don't actually do anything. So you have to be careful about. So number one, where do I stand on environmental issues and how can I become a leader uh, uh, in, in that, uh, in that area? And, and again, those are things, you know, uh, uh, air emissions, air quality, waste management, you know, especially water quality and water waste management, natural resources use, things like that. Number two, where does my company stand on social issues? How can I become a leader there? What are my blind spots? What don't I see? What do I not know? Talk to your people. Right? Uh, we talked about before labor standards and, and employee relations, um, equal opportunity uh, 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 opportunities, equal employment opportunities, pardon me, and local community impact, things like that. And the third and last question is, you know, where does your company stand? Where does my company stand on governance issues? How can I become a leader there? What are our business practices? Maybe, maybe you sort of, you know them, but you haven't written them down for everybody to see. Maybe you haven't had a board meeting where you've really talked in depth about ethical business practices. I always say that, you know, knowing what you'll say no to is just as important as knowing what you'll say yes to. Um, you know, how independent is our board really? Do we have diversity on the board, diversity of thought, um, diversity of experience on the board? Um, what, you know, what does our accounting and tax tra transparency look like? Maybe it's something you take for granted, but you know, those are things you can think. So I would say those three questions, there's a lot more. I mean, I wrote a whole book about it. So, you know, so there's a lot of nuance there, um, but I would say that's a, a real good place to start is, you know, start with the acronyms. Yeah, there's hundreds and hundreds of pages. You want to go check that out. Unfortunately, we're running out of time, but we've got Richard Steele, the CEO of Parsec Ventures, and it's a firm that invests in high-growth subscription-based companies. And his book is titled Elevated Economics, How Conscious Consumers Will Fuel the Future of Business. Go check it out. Buy a copy. Richard, it was a pleasure. Thank you for being a part of all business right here on C-Suite Radio. I love it, Jeffrey. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Hey, at the end of every show, I like to talk about what I learned. And I learned a lot in the show. Of course, it's finally catching up. You know, it comes full circle. I used to, I said at the beginning of the show, I talked about the 70s, you know, oh my gosh, there used to be all these tree huggers and everything. And we've come such a far ways. It's more than that. This is a way of life. This is our earth. This is a place in which we are going to live. Why not live it the way we want to and leave it in better shape than when we got it? That's the way it should always be. You should leave a company that way. Why wouldn't you? You should leave your children that way, right? And you should certainly leave the environment and, and society as a whole that way. And that's what I learned right here on All Business with Jeffrey Hazel. Don't forget, 
Tell your friends all about the show. That's how we grow. We appreciate it. Come and tune in to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett right here on C-Suite Radio. You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by C-Suite Radio, a podcast network featuring today's top business experts and is part of the C-Suite Network, the world's most trusted network of C-Suite executives. Find this and other business podcasts on c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.